Hi, it's Vera. Welcome to episode 10 of season two of the PL Pod. This is my last podcast as Poet Laureate for the City of Greater Sudbury. And today my guest is someone who has been with me since the very first podcast, since it was in the proposal stage. My behind the scenes go-to person, Pierre Dubuc, is here with me today. Pierre is the coordinator of outreach, programs and partnerships at Greater Sudbury Public Library. Welcome, Pierre. Thank you. It's an honor, Vera, to be on the podcast. <laughs> Instead of fixing it from behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's exciting. Hey, listen, you're making me sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thrilled to be here and, and, and I'm excited to be uh, on this very last episode as like you mentioned in your role as Poet Laureate, it is the last episode and I'm, I'm very thrilled to be here, Vera. Thank you. I'm, I have mixed feelings. I'm a little <laughs> bit sad that it's over. Uh, so we've heard your title. Now, what is it that you do on a day-to-day ongoing basis, if you can tell my public? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't, I'll try. Again, I'm a talker, so I, I like to talk. So, I mean, you may have to rein me in a little bit, which is okay. <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like you mentioned, I'm coordinator of outreach programming and partnerships at the GSPL, and, and it's an honor to have that role. I've been with the Greater Sudbury Public Library since 2008. Uh, and uh, I've gone everywhere from being a, a part-time citizen service representative to, uh, and then I had a very lengthy career in programming where I was children and youth programmer. And so um, that led me to an excellent opportunity in becoming the coordinator of programming uh, at the GSPL. And, and so my day-to-day is, uh, is much different throughout a pandemic as uh, compared to uh, in normal times, but um, Essentially, I'm in charge of a wonderful team of programmers who uh, are amazing people and have done incredible things throughout this pandemic. And so I I manage them. Uh, The programming that happens at all 13 locations in the greater Sudbury area. And uh, I also uh, take part in uh, discussions with regards to partnerships. Uh, I'm I'm the unofficial marketer for the library sometimes where I do a lot of graphic design work, uh, lots of social media work. uh, And also I'm involved uh, with a lot of different community organizations, uh, whether I'm that bridge person to help them support what they're doing through the library system uh, or or supporting them uh, with programming. uh, So that could vary within events or uh, it could also vary uh, with regards to virtual programming for example we've had uh, we've teamed up with some amazing community partners to do virtual programming um, and and one of the other duties and wonderful duties may I add that I have is I get to work with a poet laureate so and uh, it's been a delight uh, working with yourself Vera so I'm uh, those are those are kind of some of the, my key duties that I do uh, I have under my belt <laughs> well and I've seen some of the program results on the on the website and it is it is a lot and it is a great thing to do I have enjoyed the cooking segments very much <laughs> a nice break for me uh so you know the new laureate is in the wings so to speak it's going to be coming soon and once you know what the candidate is planning to do uh for their term what happens 
from your perspective? Um, well, the first step would be like, again, this is well, one of the thing I forgot to mention. This is really my first, uh, my first go at working with a laureate to this degree, um, being that I got the coordinator position just before the pandemic, uh, just before you got the role as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so, um, so for me, uh, that experience was kind of a key thing for me. And, and I've had a great mentor in Jessica Watts, who used to be the um, coordinator uh, in my position uh, in years past. And um, I got to see how she managed things. So I kind of pulled a little bit from what Jessica um, did in her tenure and just kind of adapted to who I am, what I what I do. And I, I've learned a lot throughout this role process. But essentially, uh, I think it's just making sure that um, we can make it happen is usually mm -hmm. the first step is, you know, seeing what, for example, the legacy project, um, seeing what the legacy project uh, would end up being uh, or or some ideas and and that usually would sometimes uh, it ends up becoming conversation between um, the, the the laureate and uh, the person in charge from the library's end and so basically we kind of put everything to in uh, in perspective and we try to make it happen as best as we can and uh, that's essentially been how we've operated with it and it really depends on the laureate some laureates have different aspirations and which means different types of support so mm -hmm. sometimes it's more financial support sometimes it's more um uh, let's say marketing support some laureates have been pretty good at marketing themselves uh to some degree so it's it's been a a mixed bag on how uh we work with the different laureates. And so, and that's a, that's a fun and unique thing, I feel, um, yeah. that we can we work with different, different people and different uh, aspirations. Well, everybody comes in with their own idea of how they're gonna go forward. And you and I have had uh, regular monthly planning sessions, more than that, if it needed to happen, if we were doing something special. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, for you and I, we have found that it's a matter of, discussion and scheduling and then the follow-through is a lot easier and once everyone knows what's expected you know nothing falls through the cracks and I and I like that but uh, you have a lot of duties under your title how much of your time is devoted to the laureate position for example yeah and and I, I think that I like this question because I can look at it in two different aspects. Um, we've had the challenge of the pandemic, uh, mm. which is one one of the things I'm, I'm sure that will come up in the discussion quite a bit. But um, essentially, the way that I've operated, and again, I only have this full ten, these full two years to reflect on as far as how we've we've gone about it uh, with me being in the coordinator seat. So mm. um, I know that. For me, um, the way from month to month, uh, we've, ha we've had our meetings. Uh, we've kind of identified the things that we want to accomplish, the things that need to be done. And, and so usually what I try to do is sparse up my time because I, I do like beyond, uh, beyond uh, organizing my team, um, meeting with them and having meetings on a weekly basis and, um, sometimes taking part in programs or taking part in conversations with partnerships uh, or, or, or different kinds of events. Uh, I've had to really kind of put things into blocks. And so that's how I, I've gone about it. Um, I've put the Poet Laureate role into a block where 
I, I know that this is how much time I have to dedicate to it. And I, I do my best within that block. And if I have to give a little bit more, I try to make it work as best as I can. And I've had to learn on my own throughout many years. And I think this is advice that everyone knows that I'm, uh, you have to be careful when you have a lot of things um, uh, on the go, it's, it is easy for things to fall through the cracks. So being aware of what you have on the go and being careful about adding too much more is a really important thing. So yeah. um, definitely meetings is, is excellent, but I mean, uh, and, and I do want to dive into how long, how much time I spend um, with regards to the role, which is great because one of the things that um, I've had to do on a monthly basis with regards to the, the, the laureate role is basically uh, a lot of marketing stuff. So marketing can take a lot of time um, to some degree. So like whether it's putting together um, designs for advertising or designs for, uh, for example, for the, um, uh, for the booklet that we put together for, for Terra North um, <laughs> and, and the, the editing aspect of the podcast, um, which again, uh, if you're not a podcaster, you really don't know how long that can take. Uh, and so, it, it, so just to kind of give our listeners a perspective is um, you, you record the podcast. You, and I, I mean, Vera, actually, before I go into how long it takes me, let's hear from you on your process on before I get to my piece, because my piece is the last piece. You have the first piece. So please incite us on what you dive into while getting ready for the podcast. Uh, well, I came in here completely blind. I just said to you at the interview meeting, I just really like to do a podcast. And you said, that's fantastic. I'll do it. <laughs> and I had no idea. And then I had to actually do it. So I, what I have learned to do is write a script. At first, I was doing them myself. I was doing everything. I was my own guest. I was just doing talking about writing, which got very boring after a while. And I was so pleased to find out I could actually record. I didn't have Zoom back then. I was using my cell phone. And that was all. Just mm -hmm. me in the kitchen with a cell phone and, and papers that I had written out to hold the script. So I would stick pretty closely to the script. Learning how to speak it was one thing so that everyone is you're you're speaking slowly enough that everyone is enjoying it rather than, you know, whizzing through things and they don't get anything that you're saying. And then um, when I started having guests, I chose the guests to be varied and each one of them was as interesting as I don't know what every laureate has been on my podcast I mean, Daniel Oban was the last and he was, well, he is a stellar poet. And I ha I thoroughly enjoyed listening to him. Kim Fawner is very knowledgeable about poetry and can speak on so many different, you know, avenues within poetry. Roger Nash, same thing. Um, Tom LaDuke is so enthusiastic about what he does. And he was he was putting things together as a poet with the Sudbury Writers Guild. Every one of these requires a script, and I supply five questions to everybody. I, I give the offer that if you don't like a question, you can swap one out. That's only happened once. <laughs> and I think, you know, the, the questions, I think about the questions, too, because I wonder what my people who listen would like, you know, to hear. And so 
there's a lot of thought goes into that. Then I run through the script a few times. Lucky me, I, I fell into a, a, a tagline right at the beginning. Hi, it's Vera. And then at the end as well. So I know how I'm going to begin and I know how I'm going to end. It's the middle that is really interesting. And so I think once you've done it a couple of times with people, like everything else, it just becomes easier. And yeah. I think I, I, I love this this platform because it's so um, it's relatable to people. Everyone likes to talk, I think, and everyone likes to listen to somebody at some point and podcasts are very popular. So I just thought I'd give it a shot and, you know, I have lucked out in that way. That's my process. And then I stopped the recording when we're done talking and pray like everything that I haven't mucked it up in some way. And I, I let it, convert itself and I mail it off to you in a Google Doc and you take <laughs> care of the magic and that's and, how it works. And and so that's great. I just kind of wanted the listeners to get your piece before they got oh. mine because my my piece is really like, I mean, the editing, I love editing and, and it's something that we had discussed that it's not something that I would have imagined me liking or are really kind of falling in love with it, but there's something special about editing. And I'll talk about that because you get to listen to the podcast and, and then just being able to fix like a small little thing you, you may, you won't notice because you're listening to the, the end product. So you don't know, but when you're listening to it, and I'm not saying that you've made mis many mistakes or anything <laughs> like that. That's not what I'm saying. Truly, what I'm no. Saying, <laughs> what, what, I'm say, what I'm saying is more like, you know, if there's a small pause uh, in, in one of the guests um, uh, went throughout their, their, their speaking points, uh, then it's easy for me to kind of like, oh, I caught that. I can fix it. And it just flows right in. In some points, I've had to edit like, a huge conversation piece and make it flow and take one conversation, move it to another and, and to make it all flow. And I'm using the Terra North uh, PL podcast for, for that one, because that one uh, we had to kind of integrate two different, two different yeah. things. And it just ended up, it turned out so great. And I love doing that one because it was challenging a bit for me. Um, and so the editing process can take up and I mean, it, it can take up to four hours. Um, and oh, see, now I feel guilty because my part only takes about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> the, the editing could take up to four hours because one of the things is, number one, I listen to it completely and I make notes and I, then I listen to it a second time and I start pinpointing or marking down the spots where need that need to be edited. So I usually and then one by one, I will start editing um, those pieces that need to be edited. And once that's done, I listen to it again um, to make sure that everything flows, that I didn't over edit because you can over edit something mm. to the point where I would cut you off because <laughs> I have done that and I have gone back and I fixed it. Um, and and it, like it's almost like you just start talking or it's in the middle of a sentence and you just need to make sure that everything flows uh, right. and that there's no gaps and it just it's just very smooth. And so for me, you've made that job easy because and we've had this conversation from like, I believe the first couple of podcasts, I said, you're just a natural at this. It's, just, <laughs> it's almost like you had been doing it before and then you're just joking around with me because I really feel that you were so good at it, just the speaking aspect, but I think your organizational structure and how you, you prepared them was spot on. Um, but also 
one of the things that I kept on being shocked, I'm like, how are you getting such amazing audio is what I was always <laughs> saying. Cause like your audio was always so clear and clean. And again, like, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, is that right now we're using so many different things to record ourselves. Um, and we've been lucky to have, you know, telephone recordings or zoom recordings to be able to work with audio, pulling audio off of those things is really easy. But mm-hmm. your audio has always so clear. And I'm like, my God, like this sounds like legit pro. Like it's 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 very clear and you can like it's like I'm listening to any professional podcast that's out there. And I think that for me, um, that was an amazing thing to see you just kind of be able to go through that process and do so amazing with with the, the podcast itself um, from the very get go. And you've you made my job easier. In that mm. and well and it was fun. actually <laughs> probably because I learned to talk at a very young age <laughs> <laughs> so there's benefits to that right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and my mother would agree she talked a lot too <laughs> um, um but yeah well that's good I you know I'm I'm always happy to hear that I have made your job relatively easy because it is a it, you do have a a lot of job and I, I wondered also, like you're a, you're a husband and a father of two young children, and you have this job. And I wondered how you keep all the balls in the air during these COVID times because it has been a lot. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I mean, I'll speak from the heart on that. Like I I'm a I'm a very social being. I, I'm, I've been a social person since high school and, 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 and moving into my adult life, I, I just became more social and, and I'm, that's just who I am. And my son is like that too. Um, and so like for me, I, I, had, I had, you know, it was hard. Um, I've gone through my roller coaster ride throughout the pandemic where mm-hmm. um, it was just some people, some, parts were really difficult. And, and I'm saying that I'm saying that with with also keeping in mind that I'm fortunate, because there are, you know, so many people out there that are struggling through this pandemic in ways that I can't even imagine. And so Mm -hmm. I, 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 I talk about my experience very lightly in the way where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking my experience um, in the way where I'm talking about it in the way where I, I had a, a lot keeping me going and so work was definitely one of those things that sometimes throughout it 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 it, it can be difficult but i mean being able to and the way i see it is that you know the pandemic came around and as a library system one of the most important things that came to my mind is that we need to stay relevant we this is really important we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last um we need to we need to be around here when this is done and so so like we've been fortunate enough to keep our operations going throughout this whole two years of roller coaster ride. And, and I'm, I'm very, and we were just talking about before the session, but you don't really realize how much you've accomplished throughout a pandemic. And that's a really, yeah. that's a really weird thing. And so for me, um, my family has been a huge part of me keeping, like keeping me going, mm-hmm. um, my colleagues, yourself um and a lot of a lot of family who you know we're, we're there for each other and and the mm-hmm. fact that we can keep going throughout this and, and do what we love to some degree 
that's, a, that's yeah. you know, we're fortunate in that front. And that's really what's kept me going. And, you know, we're still going through another stretch of hardness mm-hmm. right now, but, you know, it's gonna, and, and just to speak on yourself, Vera, but like, you know, you've had to do this role throughout a pandemic. And again, with talking about amazing accomplishments throughout something <laughs> like a pandemic, um, what you've been able to put together with the podcast and with your outreach and with your influence in the community, with your mentorship um, has been nothing short of amazing. Well, every single thing that you mentioned has been my pleasure. And, you know, we should change roles now because I, I would like to tell anyone who likes to listen to me what it's been like to be in this role for two years during the pandemic when you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to go forward. I didn't know when I signed on <laughs> that COVID was going to knock me out of, you know, the community aspect. Everyone else that has had this role has done a great job within the community and really been able to touch the lives of citizens in the city. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. So thank God for Zoom because it's the one way that I could do it. I've had um, the Zoom aspect has helped me to do workshops with local people and mentor different groups of people and offer workshops here, there, and everywhere. And I think that, you know, there's been a lot of exciting stuff happen too. And we did during the summer, we were able to do some really fun things like go out and do the poetry bombs. And that was fun. And, uh, (coughs) excuse me, and also to, um, for me going, uh, uh, strangely, I was invited to a podcast in England to listen to someone who's in the haiku society that uh, of America, which I belong to. It was an invitation to hear him read in England. And I thought, well, I've never done that before. So I went and I enjoyed it so much. I just kept going back, going back, going back. And I got familiar <laughs> and they invited me to read. And I was beyond thrilled. So I've done that in England. I've gone to all these conferences that I never would have been able to go to because physically I would be unable to complete a journey to Seattle to go to a three-day festival or even to Vancouver to do a a weekend festival that was the Haiku North America. The Seabeck one in Seattle was just mind-blowing in its content. And I've gone to um, uh, readings in Alberta on a month-to-month basis. And it's just the opportunities that come with this position are huge Mm -hmm. and your confidence level. Once you see that people accept you and actually think, okay, maybe there's something there because there will be crises of confidence as you go along, because when you're isolated like this Mm -hmm. and trying to do a job that's very public, it's hard everywhere I've gone. I've spoken of the city and how I love it. Someone from Vancouver said to me, until they heard me talking about how much I love Sudbury, they had no idea the city had anything to offer. And I was highly offended and gratified at the same time because this city does have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. And and anyway, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. And so all those things that I got to do, I'm grateful for that. 
and I'm so proud of the people I mentored. Many of them have now been published. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at, you know, the, the, the fluidity of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and, and I, I mean, I, on being that we're on that, this topic right now, I, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, oh, and I know you told me, I know you told me you're going to mute me if you did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> if there's but, a long uh, pause here, you'll cut it out. <laughs> it's okay. I get to edit it after. So, yeah. um, so, I mean, I think on that note, um, you, you spoke about uh, some of the former laureates and the interactions you've had with them throughout the legacy project with the mm-hmm. podcast, but just, you know, in general and, you know, being an ambassador for the community and, and um, just kind of, being able to be a mentor as well. Uh, I, I, I do want to ask, um, so what has been your most memorable moment as Poet Laureate? Whoa, that is putting me on the spot because I've had <laughs> so many great moments where I, I just, I, I would have to pinch myself under my desk to, uh, you know, to say, am I really doing this? I have, mm-hmm. uh, Boy, one, I can't. Or Aaron, a couple, like even some standout stuff that, 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 that you have, like I think that to share with the listeners, I think would be really cool. Uh, well, uh, speaking to Randall Agi, who is the Ontario Poet Laureate, it was really fun and informative. And he's such a passionate person about poetry and how he wants to, you know, make changes to society using poetry that was really inspiring to me um i interviewed an uh, kamiko horn who Mm -hmm. is 88 year old haiku poet who is just a force she she teaches haiku in uh toronto Mm -hmm. to school children every year during poetry months which is April. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely is in April. Yeah, it is April. Be there or be square. And, and of course, uh, I interviewed David Bingham from England. And, you know, <laughs> that was just fun. He that sounds like the, Ringo Starr. That was one of the funnest ones I edited as well, just to pinpoint. I, I really enjoyed editing that one. Um, He's just so, um, he was and is, still is. Uh, really an interesting man and so knowledgeable and so it was a pleasure to hear what he had to say and he he really strove to deliver some pertinent information to listeners so that if they thought they would like to you know try haiku or you know or were already haiku people that he could sort of (laughs) tweak it for them and and that would be his thing those are my three favorite podcasts the public things, I have to say that as Poet Laureate and as all the laureates are, I was invited to Wordstock this year mm-hmm. and we were able to go because we were public at the time. And I think that was my first public reading with real people in the audience <laughs> and being able to hear them and see them right there. And it was my first applause and I was like, whoa. You know, <laughs> I, not something you hear throughout a pandemic, too, no, right? And I mean, no. it's been it, applause is like an, an, an ancient thing now. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm an applause hound. It was just such a surprise that oh, I felt like a little bit like Sally Field, who at the Oscar said, "Oh my, they like me. They really like me." And and so there was that gratifying moment. So I thank you, Heather, for having me there because I really enjoyed it. And um. 
I mean, you know, those are the moments. And it isn't even yeah. those big moments, like, you know, the bigger moment is sometimes the smaller moments when someone says, you know, uh, I went on Judy Strawn's program and someone yeah. who has in the past told me flat out the hate poetry. I don't think that's possible, but <laughs> <laughs> that they listened to the whole program and they might have that I might have converted them to listening to poetry. And I thought, oh, you know what? I think my job is done. I just think it is. So now and, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I think the other thing too is, um, and I guess, and that's the thing, like you were just telling me, like you like with reflecting on what you've accomplished in the last two years. And it's crazy to think that it's been two years, but um, like, I, I really, I really see this as um, kind of taking it all in. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and really going back and, 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 you know, enjoying all that you've done, but at the same time, it's, it's a celebration because one of the things I did, I did want to bring up is that we weren't sure where the lawyer role was going to go um, back when it was put together in 2019, there, there was some questions about the role and, you know, is there going to be changes? And, and, and so, you know, looking at, at that, and I think that these last two years, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly, but Vera, you've like, you've kept this position going. And, and, I, and I really mean when I say this is that I, I, I think that you've reinvigorated the position, um, especially being that you were able to do this throughout a pandemic and you've accomplished what you have throughout a pandemic is, is just an amazing feat. And, and, and that's one of the huge takeaways that I take from your role and, mm -hmm. and amongst all those other great things that you've mentioned. And I think that that's an important thing for people to know. And we, you and I um, encourage the community to dive into uh, writing and poetry and, and keeping, keeping it alive for generations to come and sharing mm -hmm. their, their knowledge for generations to come. And, and I think that it's so important and we're, we're very much looking forward into, um, you know, seeing the next laureate and the one after that and the one mm -hmm. after that and, and, you know, expanding our, uh, laureate alumni, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I look forward to the next one too, because as we've already said, well, first of all, thank you. I have, again, enjoyed every minute of this thing. And, you know, I have mixed feelings. I'm sorry it's over, but I'm tired here right now. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is a little thin. Um, but I think that, you know, every laureate brings their own spin. And mm -hmm. I think I'm excited to see what happens next. And I have so admired all those who came before me. And I hope that the ones who come in the future realize how important this role is to the city i mm -hmm. we are ambassadors for this city as laureates we may use poets poetry to to make our stand but we are still representing the city and no matter what kind of poetry you do whether it's slam or whether it's haiku or whether it's you know the the recognized forms of poetry or you know anything new that comes up in the future Whatever mm -hmm. it is, it speaks to people on a different level. Yeah. And poetry sure. is emotion. It mm -hmm. is meant to be the feeling you have when you are, you know, sharing a 
pleasant moment or an understanding or a, a commiseration over grief, whatever it is, this is your way to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping off the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's that's great, Vera. And 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 I mean that's what we want. And and I think like I said, like I, I really do um I I have huge hopes and and I really not much hopes. I I I not that I'm hopeful, but I I'm reassured or or I don't know if that's the right word. That You're optimistic, Pierre. I'm optimistic. I'm I'm optimistic for the future. <laughs> and I'm always an optim I'm an optimist person. So am I. But and but I, I really feel that like, you know, we've we've kind of where the shovel um was not fully in the ground before with regards to the position. I feel like it's stuck in there now. And and now we can we can start building a and like and, and expanding how we do things to some degree but um I think that that takes me to one of my last little questions is mm. where would you like to see the poet laureate role go in in years to come and is there something that you can say that you you you've seen what you've done you've seen what the other laureates have done and is there something that you would like to see a laureate do um, at some point in, in the terms to come. You've well, had a podcast. There's been so many ideas. <laughs> right? and I mean, and, and I think that that's kind of, it's more of, um, this is not like, this is just more of a curiosity question, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not up to me to, to say how things should go, but you know, everything is evolving and, and especially within the pandemic, everything has had to change its ways. I want everyone to know that I had pants on during every podcast, <laughs> but I think that, you know, people who take this position could go through video casts or, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about the future because I'm stuck in the now, but I think that everyone who has their own ideas, like, for example, I think adding, I have decided as part of my legacy project to have a haiku shelf at the library where there will be more resource books for people who now are aware of haiku and want to learn how to write it. They will be able to draw on that and they will have something there that, you know, they can take out, read, bring back, get it again if they need to, you know, just to see how that works and the other uh things that i've done hopefully you know in years to come the people that i have mentored or have you know led in groups that showed an interest they will pass that knowledge along to other people and and i think that's what that i really i, I think that's that's kind of the end goal is you know and i i'm sorry i don't want to i don't want to be like I feel like I'm just sucked into this great conversation right now, but um, <laughs> this is going to be the longest podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, we're going to, yeah, I'm going to be mindful of the time, but uh, one of the things, honestly, Vera, that I've been just kind of thrilled to see. And again, I I've been in programming um, since 2013 and I've seen Roger and I've seen Tom and I've seen all the laureates that have come through Um and I'm happy to be able to actually see that camaraderie between the laureates, that thing that binds them and the transfer of knowledge or support um, is, is really a special thing 
uh, whether you know you were closer with one or another through a guild or not. Um, there's something that binds you all, and one of the best, most amazing things that I've been able to be to listen to throughout this podcast is that relationship between the different laureates. And so, I think that for the laureates coming in, knowing that they have that great alumni support yes. is a huge thing. Yeah. And I think each one of us wants anyone who listens to know that we represent something that we all take pride in. It's poetry and it's our city and it's the communication of what we know to people who are interested in the city. And I think, you know, communication is the key to everything. So as long as we are able to pass on, just as you said, the knowledge of what we know into uh, new people or even light a fire under some people, you know, to get them started and then they carry themselves forward. And this new laureate, I have high hopes too. I don't even know who it is yet, but I'm sure it, it will be a success. I, um, I, I think so as well. And, and so yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed um, being here and being in the background and uh, seeing all that you've, you've been able to, to do with everything that's happened, but just not that, but just, just having to be part of the process. And, and I mean, I feel like your legacy project is just brilliant um, in the podcast, because like you said, it's something current, but at the same time, um, you develop a connection uh, with, with the person who's doing it. And one of the things that sticks to me, it will always stick to me, especially with regards to the, this podcast, is write something. It feels oh. good. <laughs> and... You stole my, my ending line? <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. You get to, you will, <laughs> you have the full honor of ending this one. But I mean, there, I just wanted, I wanted to bring that up because it, the distinction of that, it is so great. And, and the way that you, you, you go into that end part of the podcast and, and it, it just, it's just, it's so, so awesome. And like, even just me putting the hashtag, write something, it feels good. Like it's so great Vera. And, and I think like um, that is, you know, such a great takeaway as well amongst a lot of other things uh, with the conclusion of your term. Right. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, all that you've done has, has been uh, incredible. And I'm sure all the fellow laureates uh, and, and our listeners and uh, our listeners out in Sweden. Hello, <laughs> listeners in Sweden. Um, and Japan and the and UK. Japan and and the, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank uh, you all for coming. <laughs> yeah, and tuning in. Uh, we It's been a blast uh, for sure. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we had a great chat about statistics uh, with the podcast and uh, mm. it's been it's been awesome on that front to see the diversified listeners we have. And, and so to, to give them that takeaway after each and every single podcast has been such a great thing. And we've had two seasons and mm-hmm. to me, it's almost felt like a TV show. And, oh. and it's, it's, been, it's <laughs> been like just a great one because like you said, you've had such diversified guests. It's been so amazing. Yeah. Not one episode is the same and it's just been great listening. 
And, and again, like I am so proud to be in, to have been able to work on this with you. And, and well, I want to thank you for that opportunity. It's been my pleasure. And did we mention the UK because I'm going there next month and I don't want them to feel I slighted them, you know? <laughs> oh, no, you did on multiple occasions too. Okay, so good. good. <laughs> well, you know, Pierre, we've come to mm -hmm. that place. Yeah. Where I have to say it, <laughs> listeners, we have reached the end of another podcast, the final one. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Thank you for listening. And you know what I always say? <laughs> if I can get through this without choking, <laughs> please write something. It feels good. <laughs>